not understand or believe the words I say. But you'll believe me by my works. And so what Jesus has done for Peter's shoulder is just so small compared to what he wants to do for your whole life. So it's been almost a month since our good friends JD and Amber have arrived back from their mission trip to Uganda and we've heard some incredible elements that have been bleeding through over the last few weeks in some conversations and different rooms but we thought we'd take a moment just to try capture um, the velocity of a trip like this, the magnitude of such a big trip for these guys and uh, just try to put into context um, why they went, why, uh, what they've come back with and how that's going to translate going forward into our community and also just to hear some of the incredible stories um, that they saw God do over there, just um, heading out into North Africa, and also just to get catch some of the moments what God's done in their hearts in this moment. So, Jaden Ams, great to have you guys uh, in this moment with us. Thanks, yeah, Dubs. Thank and, you, uh, I just didn't want to let this thing pass. I was actually chatting to Amber yeah. the other day and just said, as we got here, somehow put this into context yeah. um, and help people understand what, uh, why mission, mm. uh, what God's done in you guys, and what God did in Uganda with the people of Uganda as well. So, brilliant. That's amazing. I wanted to touch base with you. You obviously went with an organisation. Yeah. Um, light a candle. Light a candle. Yes. Is that what light they're called? Light a candle. That's what they're called. No ways. And it That's was a the slogan. So it says, it is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. That is brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. awesome that, uh, and it was a bunch of guys from around the world from what I understand. Maybe you can give us a little bit of context as to who organised it, who did you go with and who went? Yeah, so it started off uh, the end of last year. Amber, uh, in what she does, she's always researching and like pressing into what God is doing, which I love. And uh, she came across this organization called Light a Candle. Um, and her heart's just been set alight to uh, preach the gospel, really, to um, you know, go into all the world and just see people transformed by the gospel. And she, yeah, she came across this, this uh, organization. And what really stuck out to her, which I loved, was the fact that they went out, and when they went into the community, they, they started off with worship. Like, worship was their spearhead. Brilliant. And from worship, which we saw on the trip, from there, there was such breakthrough. And that's where God's hearts kind of opened to hearing the gospel. And I just I saw just the power of worship, but we can go to that later. But uh, so she came, she came to me and was like, I don't know, this might be crazy and it costs a lot of money, but I really want to go to Uganda. And I was like, go for it. It's so funny though, as it, as it happened, like it, it almost felt like God was just doing different things in us at the time. Yep. Um, so I didn't even contemplate us going together. I just went to JD and I said, I don't need you to understand, I just need you to trust that this is something I need to do. So he was like, okay. <laughs> and then- um, I'll back um, you. I'll be, I thought yeah, being a husband there was like, yo, you go for it, I'll be here. And then as it turns out, we had, I had a Zoom call with um, the leader, Andrew from America, and JD was Preston at the door listening to the conversation and he came to me afterwards and he said, I think this is something we need to do together. And it's quite wild because everything I've ever prayed since the day we got married uh, is that what God would do in one of our hearts that he'd do in both of ours. And we've just come back so united in vision and it's just been one of the greatest blessings of this trip. Um, but like JD was saying about this organization, which is so beautiful, they're called Light a Candle and it comes out of John 1, 
uh, where it says the light shines in the darkness and the yeah. darkness has not overcome it. And it was actually, it's actually the outreach arm of a worship movement, which is so beautiful. It was born out of, um, I think it was actually two ladies who went to the front lines of war in Afghanistan to worship. Wow. and just see the power of worship break out in there. And then later, Sean Foyt, it's an organization founded by Sean Foyt, um, and he took a team of worshipers from, I think, Bethel at the time to the Red Lights District. Sure. And um, they worshiped for like two weeks, didn't see much of like visible fruit, but it was a moment they felt called to. Went home and then two weeks later, read a newspaper about major joints closing on the Red Lights District. Um, and it was just that whole, that their whole belief is that fire leads to fragrance, that the, what God does in you has to leak out into being the fragrance of Christ, as 2 Corinthians speaks about. And so just to sum that up, <laughs> this organ, uh, there's a lot of organizations that do incredible work in the world, and there's a lot of uh, organizations that go and give humanitarian aid, and you can go and paint a school, yeah. uh, but what really gripped our hearts was the gospel, and this was an organization founded in preaching the gospel and the power of God and the light of Jesus reaching the hardest and darkest places. And so, to be honest, why missions, why did we go? It felt, it felt like an obedience thing for me, if I'm honest, and I yep. think there were, there were parts that I understood and, and there's parts that I think I may never, <laughs> but it, it was something that God started in me that I had to pursue and that um, it was just the burning fire in my, in my heart that God had set for the simple gospel and to see it move and to see what he wanted to do. And, and so he said yes to it and God meets us there. What's on the back end of a simple yes? Yeah. So really awesome and stoked that she actually jumped on board and, yeah. and went after it. And awesome that you went as a couple. I think uh, there's power in togetherness. And like you say, the unity that you come back in in your marriage. And you've touched on that. So marriage is one thing that you feel like has maybe got better. But um, what's other thing that's different about, what's one other thing that's been different about the trip? Different about the trip? Oh, different in you guys from your trip. For me, it's, uh, I've just been reminded um, of the power we hold. Um, what we carry is not normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going into, um, into Africa, into Uganda, it's so raw. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's Africa. That's a great point. Yeah. Explain the rawness of the rawness. Uganda. So we were just chatting before yeah. we set up that one of the greatest coffee producing nations in the world yet battled to find a coffee machine. Exactly. So the coffee is great, but there's nothing to produce. To produce it with. Well, not a lot. There is certain parts, but you've got like maybe an amazing building like this. And then as far as the eye can see, it's very like, it's, it's Africa, yeah. um, and there's not a lot. Um, so being there and being able to just come with, you can't hide behind anything, you can't hide behind your fancy car, you can't hide behind the amazing job you might have or... Raw and real. It's raw and real. Um, and what you got to bring is what you got to bring. And we, what we had to bring was the gospel, the good news of Christ. Brilliant. So what uh, really uh, struck me was when we would preach the gospel and tell people about Jesus, um, just how powerful it really was. And you mentioned it at a church service two weeks ago, how people literally start to cry when they would hear just the love of God. Sure. Like someone, like the God of the universe sees them where they're at. Sure. Uh, and just telling them about that um, just changes a person's life. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no difference from being in a raw Uganda area 
to now being in South Africa where there's parts of more first world, yep. and there's a lot going on, we still have the authority yeah. and we can be confident now to actually preach the gospel and believe that it will change someone's life. Mm-hmm. We're, not, mm-hmm. we're not preaching something that has no depth yeah. and no weight. So you come back with a greater confidence in the name of Jesus and the gospel story. Basically. <laughs> Yeah, that's in a amazing. nutshell. Yeah, that's amazing. But. Yeah, it's actually been the most difficult thing um, to answer the question of how was it? You know, like you meet people in a coffee shop with a minute to spare and they're like, oh, how was it? And I just found myself stumbling. How much time do you have? It was like wild and beautiful and humbling and we can tell you stories for days, but I think what I, what I saw there I wasn't expecting. Like I saw... The, I, didn't, I didn't go expecting to see the beauty of God that I saw there. Like, I just, like, to feel his heart. Like, for the first time ever, I, f- I felt like I felt his heart burning for people as I looked at him, like, physically in my chest. Like, I saw the beauty of Jesus as, like, crippled hands were straightened out, and this woman could hold her child for the first time. And I saw the beauty of Jesus and sex workers on their knees in bars giving their lives to Jesus. <laughs> like, it was wild. And I saw the beauty of God in a team of people that, who were strangers and, and just loved us from the moment we met them. And in just God using us. Like, it's still the most astounding, confounding thing on the planet that God would use us and that he wants to co-labor with us in the power and the authority. And just, it was the beauty in the heart of Jesus that I saw and I don't think you can ever stay the same after that and I don't think you can ever not want to give your life for that. No, I think it's down. so hard to sometimes put those into words as well when someone says yeah. tell us about the trip like <laughs> what part and where and how because yeah. I think those moments unless you experience them firsthand, mm-hmm. it's hard to relate as in stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm grateful for the food we have here which is yeah. fantastic. Food, yeah. Good food's always <laughs> good. It's great food. Yeah. Um, you uh, should tell my their fruit. Their fruit is brilliant. Great. That's awesome. Great fruit. You should tell my boys about that because they often moan about the food here. Yeah? Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think also like what I'm hearing is that uh, just there's, there's a massive sense of gratitude in you guys for like what we have here. You know, sometimes you have to go and travel and see and experience. And first world travel is awesome because you get to see and experience new things. But when you go uh, to a third world country, that's um, maybe not as progressive and advanced and maybe not as affluent as what we find ourselves here. There's, there's a rawness and a realness to what you see and experience. And I think those moments where you see hands healed and see people giving their lives to God and um, all they have is a, a, gospel, a gospel message to hang on to. Um, actually, they're, they're powerful moments and they're hard to put into words. I think that was part of this chat, was actually just to try and, yeah. try and make sense of what you, what, you, yeah. what you see and what you heard. Yeah. And, it's, you know, and I'm just, I'm kind of reminded, we, we, I've just been reading like David in Psalm 51, he, he says like quite a profound statement. He's like, God, do not cast your presence from me. Um, that was like his, like almost a command from David. Like that's the one thing. He's like, do not cast your presence from me. Um, and then after that, he actually says, because uh, that is the joy of my salvation. Sure. And it's, it's profound that David as king, uh, he had everything going for him. He was the king. Everyone looked to him. He had the wealth um, at times. Yeah. He had the, the influence at times. Yeah. But he knew that if it wasn't for his presence, wherever he's at, whether he has everything, yeah. whether he has nothing, he knew that when he is in God's presence, that's where things change. And that's where joy 
is welled up. And further, it actually says, um, and you will grant me a willing spirit that will sustain me in life. And I'm like, that's, that's it. We just need to be people that are after his presence, um, wherever we're at. Uh, and we'll see breakthrough in, in our own lives as well as people's lives. See healing. Yeah, that's, yeah. So anyway, I thought I'd just share that. That's brilliant, bro. Very, very good. Very long for the presence of God. Yeah. What, what moment challenged you the most? There you go. <laughs> um, coming home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming home. No. Thanks for um, coming home. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other thing, but yeah, that, that was... That was interesting. Um, but I think for me, there was a moment, quite a, a distinct moment, and I don't think I'll ever forget. Um, it was kind of near the back end of the trip, and everyone was packing up rooms. We were going to another location, and um, there were just two or three people outside that just had a guitar, and they were just worshipping. And um, I just went for a walk and ended up sitting there listening to this. And um, you know, when you're surrounded by such an incredible like, just caliber of people, like these guys had done mission schools, they had traveled the world, they'd, they just walked in the confidence of Christ. Um, and there are moments where I think the enemy comes in to, to sow insecurity and fear, and I was like, what am I doing here? Like, yeah. these people are wild and radical and beautiful, and like, do I even carry that? And um, there'd yes. been a moment, <laughs> well, there'd been a moment, um, like in a couple of days before, where I'd fl- found just a random flower on the on the bus, like on the floor of the bus. So I just picked it up, slotted it in my Bible. Um, and sitting there in this moment outside while they were worshiping, I just opened my Bible to where it was at. And it was in Acts, I think it was Acts, 10, Acts 18. Um, and it says, um, I read the verse that said, you must not call common what I have cleansed. Sure. Um, and just in the moment, just the power and the presence of God just flooded me and I ugly cried in that moment. And um, not even in context, but I could have sworn that 2,000 years ago that verse was written for me in this moment. And it just felt like the heart of God was just like, like it just felt like such an anointing moment. Like yeah. we, we, I just felt the presence of God come and say, like, you have everything you need. And there was something so beautiful that I think we, uh, we caught from this team was just the authority and, and the confidence they walked in, the confidence in who God was and who God said they were. Like they woke up with the revelation of Isaiah 61 that says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news. Um, and every day that I wake up, I cling to that now because that is, that is the call. It's not just for a set-apart few, but for a set-apart you and I. It's for the priesthood of believers. And I think that was a moment of extreme challenge. But um, what God did in it was just a gift and beautiful, and it's changed me. So good. Yeah. And a great challenge. Yeah. Mm. uh, Yes, and I love the fact that you go to a a spiritual challenge or change. Because I think most guys would lean towards a practical challenge of traveling to a third world country. The fact God challenged you in the moment and transformed you in the moment. Mm. Uh, it's a really cool moment that you actually... Yeah. Yeah, and one of the main things that challenged me is we, we ended up going to an unreached village, so people had never heard the gospel. So really it was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, you know, like pinching ourselves, just thinking of like the early church. They were able to do that often because it was new, the good news of Christ, you know. So we eventually get to this unreached village. It's just below the South Sudan border. So we literally could see South Sudan. We were like, can't believe we're here. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Very cool. So we're in this unreached village. Um, and just to be honest, uh, white people, 
uh, and a lot of people have never seen white people. Yeah, and they laugh. They call us mzungos. <laughs> yeah, that's not a derogatory term there, apparently. But um, yeah, so to be honest, felt like we were trying to our fault. We were trying to push our agenda on them. Yeah. Um, but that's just my own insecurity. I think it's just the culture I'm brought up, and you don't want to like overstep, stay or welcome or overstep onto someone's like uh, vibe or whatever. Yeah. So we're sitting in a circle, and then there was this one man in the village. We were, we were basically preaching the gospel that was mocking, mocking the preacher, basically. Just shouting, distracting, and I was just watching this whole thing, and like, what's gonna, what's gonna happen here? And this pastor, local pastor we went with to that village, um, uh, basically rebuked him. I literally crawled into a little ball. I was like, <laughs> just, just watching this whole thing. And I felt the environment got very tense and like, who are we to like now come and like tell, tell them how, what they should believe type of yeah. thing. Um, so they got a little bit distracting. And then what happened was this young uh, local who was part of the team, worship leader, uh, he just, he kind of stopped everyone. And he was like, and he just started singing hallelujah. And what's cool about hallelujah is everyone understands the word hallelujah. Um, so we literally just started singing hallelujah, hallelujah. And I was just watching this and I just saw um, people dropping their guards, their hearts opening up. I was like, I was just watching this spiritual like thing happening and I just saw the power of worship. And it was very challenging for me because I was like, oh, we're coming here and we're telling them what to believe. Um, And then I just saw the power of worship. And when we minister to God, how that actually ends up like opening people up to to hear the good news. And then we were able to actually preach the good news. And that whole village got transformed. Mm -hmm. We left. uh, There was like four guys that wanted to be um, pastors and trained up to be pastors with the local receiving the Bible in their yeah. language for the first time ever. Received the Bible, uh, and it was an incredible moment, but that challenged me so much, but I was able to see the power of worship in a very tense environment, so, mm-hmm. yeah. And just the power of the simple gospel, like, we would walk and we'd, we'd preach this gospel to these people who had never even seen white skin, they'd never heard a word of the Bible, they hadn't even heard the name of Jesus. And we'd get to tell them, like, where do you even begin to tell them about this God, man, Jesus? And we'd tell them, and, like, I physically felt my heart burning for these people as I looked at them, and I felt the desperation of God to know them. And and they would hear this news, and they would experience healing and salvation and and things they couldn't quite understand, but they would just begin to weep. Um, And it was in that moment that I kind of prayed, like, God, man, never stop weeping at the sound of of your name, Jesus. May I never stop weeping at the sound of your gospel, and may I never keep it to myself again. Yeah. Like I think of a moment we kind of went to a refugee camp. It was one of our last days um, and we weren't actually meant to go there. We had run out of time and the schedule had changed. But um, our leader, Andrew, just said, like, God, like we're meant to be here. Like we, we literally only, he said, guys, you've got 15 minutes. But I believe the spirit of God is here and this, this place will be better off for us releasing the name of Jesus. And so 15 minutes. 15 yeah, minutes. No and time. so this team... Yeah. A team all breaks up and goes in groups. JD and I um, just walk off together and literally approach the first woman we saw. She was sitting outside her little hut of a home. 
Um, and we just start talking to her and we tell her like how, how God, we, we start talking about God and how God had yeah, sent us. I was going to ask the question, where did you start? And he's like, where do you start? I'm like, well, well where did you start? Yeah. Thing, like with, with 15 <laughs> minutes, we told her about the God that had sent us there just for her. Wow. Like how that day we were there just for her and God had set this day apart before she was even born, that we would be there for her. And she, she started telling us her story and, we, and her name and everything about her. And she told us about neck pain and we got to pray for her. And, and the, net, the pain just left her body. And then we got to tell her about the God who heals. Sure. And the God who heals because he's love. And then we got to preach the gospel to her and tell her the gospel story of what this means, this healing, this salvation. Uh, and then we got to ask her, do you want to be born again? And with the most joy and urgency I've ever seen, she said, yes, please. Wow. <laughs> yes, please. And we got to pray like the salvation prayer with her. We got to bless her home and her family. And that was in the space of 15 minutes her whole eternity was changed in 15 minutes and i was just like just struck by how busy we are here like Mm. how many 15 minute moments do we pass upon where an eternity can change and god is like the scripture of the harvest is so ripe. like jesus literally says like just lift my name up and you'll see what will happen i will draw men unto me it's just about speaking the name of jesus like the disciples um matthew 10 Luke 12, like Jesus says to the disciples, you're going to stand before kings and, and persecutors and all these people, but don't worry about what to say. Just show up and I'll give you the words. And I think that's the charge and that's something we, we're just praying to see in this community. Just Jesus lifted up and just to watch him draw men into himself, mm. just to watch salvation break out. Like the harvest is ripe here too. Mm. And God Absolutely. is so willing to work. And God is no respecter of time. Yeah. You can use five minutes, a moment, yeah. 15 minutes, an hour yeah. to transform a life. I love that. I also love the, the courage of the leader. Is it Andrew? Yeah. It's just so... Yeah, just go after it. Guys, we've got 15 minutes here. Let's get out there and do what we can. Yeah. And most guys would have said, let's jump in the van and have five minutes, you know? But, uh, and we had like four hours to get back to where we were meant to be. They had two kids. It was dark. So if you ever watch this, just to honor you guys, Andrew and Kirst and this team, what you guys poured into us and just set, set ablaze in our hearts, we will be forever grateful and changed for, and it was an eternal thing, so we just thank God. That yeah. is awesome. Amazing. We've got about 10 minutes left. Amazing. So, so many stories. There's, there's so many, too many stories, <laughs> yeah. but uh, hey, and if you are watching this and you want to catch some more stories, like um, follow these guys on Instagram and Facebook, and there'll, no doubt there'll be some more um, of the trip coming through, but um, a highlight moment for each of you, what was one thing that was just stand out for you guys? A highlight moment. Oh. The Ghana village. Oh yes. <laughs> this was an amazing uh, moment. We were in another unreached village. Um, and again, super distracting. We were coming with our, our thing, you know, the gospel. And um, we um, Basically, Andrew comes up to me and he's like, JD, we, we need to share the gospel. Uh, can you go? So I literally, I go and I walk. I walk to the middle of the village. And I start preaching the gospel. So I just want to say, it is uncomfortable. Yes. And it is awkward. It is always uncomfortable so, and it's always awkward. So uh, if, you, if you're thinking like, oh, we got it all together, we really don't. Yeah. Like, we just went out and they would often say like, just go for it. Like that was the biggest like phrase, just go for it. So I was like, okay, I'm going for it. Yeah, so kind of tell the gospel and there was just no reception. 
I, I, I preached the gospel and I was like, cool. And this one guy got up and was like, I've got two wives. How can, how can this God love me? A few of them were drunk. Yeah, a few of them were drunk. Yeah. And I was like, I, I gave him an answer. I don't want to go down that road, but <laughs> what, what I thought was the answer. And then uh, basically it was super distracting. And what happened was Andrew then came up and he was like, um, God knew that we would be stubborn. He said it in a better way, but he's like, he knew we would be stubborn. And if you won't believe my words, believe my signs and wonders. So we were like, okay, we're going for it. So he was like, basically, if there's anyone who wants healing, prayer for anything, come forward, we'll pray for you and you will be healed. Mm. So now you're just trusting God alone. It's like, yeah, it's all you got left. Yeah, it's all we got left. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I, haven't, I hadn't seen a healing yet, ever, my whole life. Like me praying for someone and seeing them healed. Yeah. So I was like, here we go, God. This old man comes to me. We actually got a video of it, which is cool. He couldn't lift his arm. He was in so much pain. And, uh, and I was like, cool, let's pray. I had my interpreter next to me, and I was like, Father, I just pray for healing. I pray this man can lift his arm. We thank you, you're doing a work right now, and he will be healed in Jesus' name. Simple prayer. Sure. Finished, asked the interpreter to ask him if he's doing good, and he was like, yeah, I'm good. And in these moments, you're like, are you sure you're good? So yeah, <laughs> like, I was sure? first time I've seen a healing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, no, no, are you good though? Like, can you? He's like, yeah, I'm like, good. Like, were you deaf there? <laughs> like, so I was like, little faith, you know? I'm like, are you sure, sure? Brilliant. And he was, he was healed. So I looked at Andrew, I was like, this guy's healed. So he walks to him, and then Andrew says, uh, this is the Jesus we believe in. This is what we can see. It's in, in his name, um, there's healing. Um, so basically the village wouldn't believe it. So they're like, no, no, this is not true. Swing your arm. The old man, old man, jumps in the middle of the village yeah. and just starts swinging. Whoa, whoa, like going for it. And these people just erupt with Everyone's like, ah, like losing it, like he's healed. That's amazing. And uh, again, we, we preach the gospel again. We're like, told people about Jesus, that he loves you and God loves you. And, uh, and many people got saved that day. And we just saw the faithfulness of God. Um, and, that, and just the people going after it and seeing him, uh, God come through. That was like one of the biggest highlights for me because I was like, the guy got healed, people got saved. We left like champions. We fought like champions. <laughs> but also, like those moments, like I think people think you can get caught up in signs and wonders, but I think they're called signs for a reason. They point to Jesus. Like one of my greatest highlights, and it wasn't even a massive moment, but it was just the, like the beauty of it and the essence of it was uh, we were at like a crusade in one of the cities, and that night people were coming forward for prayer, and I got to pray for a lady who had a lump in her breast. And again, we just started praying just the name and power of Jesus. Like that simple, the simple gospel. And literally as we were praying and as we said the name of Jesus, she felt a lump disappear in her breast. Like a lump that was there was no longer there. And the best part of, all, of it all wasn't even that she was healed, but it was the moment that she realized. And she opened her eyes and she said, I've seen Jesus, I've seen Jesus. I know his love, thank you. Like just in that moment, she, could, she had seen Jesus and the healing of her like a lump. 
And just how healing points to Jesus, signs and wonders. Like Jesus said, he would confirm his gospel with signs and wonders and miracles. Like Paul said, I didn't come preaching the gospel in persuasive words, but in power and demonstration of the Spirit. And in that moment, she felt like just the, how God cares about the little details, how God cared about her and showed up in that moment and healed her. And she had seen Jesus. Like, it's a powerful moment that as well because I think sometimes people would focus on the signs and wonders but the fact they point to Jesus and she opened her eyes going hey the lump's gone but I see Jesus yeah. that's incredible yeah. like I know his love I know his love thank you it's all about his love at the end of the day yeah. like yeah I was just also just reminded of his love yeah. and you just speak God's love over someone it will change their life absolutely um because, yeah, and there's that scripture in Romans 8 I was reading before this um, little chat, but it says, no, uh, neither, um, no heart, no, no depth, uh, no angels or demons um, can come between the love of God. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, I can't yeah. remember the whole scripture, but um, literally nothing can come between you and separate us from the love of God, whether you have everything in the world or nothing. Um, and that's and if you're wondering like how do I even begin just tell just tell people that God loves you mm. that's such a great starting point because I think some, sometimes we, try, we think we have to have all the words and all the answers and hey sometimes a simple God loves you carries more weight and power yeah. that convinced gospel yeah. that you talk about actually carries more weight more power than any of us can even think or imagine so yeah. that's really cool there's, before, before we start wrapping up, yes. there was one story that I'd love you guys to share. It's my favorite story from your Uganda. Um, there, uh, there was a lady. Yes, a lady, yeah. But a man. When, when JD laid his life down for me. <laughs> exactly. That's that the way I laid my life down forever by running away. <laughs> Tell the story, JD. You come back saying your marriage is strong. Your marriage is strong. The left, I left, body is good. I left Amber high and dry. Well, basically, we're doing the street <laughs> ministry. It's like, just imagine yourself in the middle of a city on the streets. It's chaos. There's like markets. Yeah. Um, and there's this basically a possessed, demon-possessed woman, yeah. actually, uh, amongst us. Yeah. Uh, Trying to steal my shoe. Uh, but one of the guys who was playing on guitar on the chest uh, spat in our, uh, Andrew's face, our, our leader, which was quite wild. So I was aware of this lady the whole time. And then right at the end, uh, we're saying goodbye. And I see this person coming, trying to say goodbye to me. So I'm obviously just going to embrace it. And, and I turn around to shake this lady's hand. And I realize it's the demon-possessed woman. <laughs> so... This is so out of my comfort zone, and I, God's grace, thank you, Jesus. But I, I pulled my hand away, and I ran. Amber was right we were next to me. standing by the van together. He dived I into the van. Literally ran and dived into the car, and I said, "Get in the car, everyone!" <laughs> and he left me standing there with this woman. <laughs> I left Amber. I was like, "Lay your life down." Yeah. Yeah. Well, literally, I left. Great I left to know, Amber and drive. And, and then I just watched Amber going for it. It's like, in Jesus' name, demon, be gone. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's not the person. It's, she's possessed. Yeah. And uh, so I'm watching this whole thing. 
Anyway, uh, long story short, I had a moment where I just realized the spiritual warfare mm. we face. Can I tell this part? Because it's the best. And it's okay. actually, and that's, yeah, it's one of my highlights. Side, yeah. But um, obviously, like South African men don't cry, right? Correct. <laughs> but um, I got into that van after that moment and I just, I was like going to look at JD and be like, nice one, <laughs> thanks. But um, he had his cap pulled down. I'm going to drop my coffee. The cap of shame. <laughs> he, had his, he had his cap pulled down and he was just sitting there and I was like, what is going on? And then tears just started running down his face. Sure. And I was like, and um, that's when the team around us was just so incredible and um, just knew, knew how to minister into that moment and basically just started ministering into him and got to pray. Um, the light of Jesus, and, and in, a, in a very, I'll summarize, just to say, like, J.D. had been getting nightmares, and he'd been feeling all these things since I'd known him, yeah, like, since we got married, like, he'd wake yeah. up in the middle of the night, sure. anxiety, perform all these things, um, and basically, God used that moment to, deli- to deliver him from all that, mm-hmm. like, he had, what he had seen in his dreams, he had seen so visibly on the street there, cool. and it was a moment of such fear and panic, but God used that and delivered him, he hasn't got a dream since. Um, he's, yeah, it's just yeah. been the most incredible thing. Yeah, and, my um, anxiety has left me completely black. And just how it's, God uses those things for good and how he frees. Yeah, it's just beautiful. But one of the things that te- the, the guys in the van, Davis, he was an incredible worshiper and I actually watched him impart something beautiful to JD. Um, and so I'm just so excited to see that carry on. But um, he's, he basically said like the devil's last tactic is visibility. His first is obscurity. Sure. And that just, I've, I've been thinking about that so much as we get back into life here, as you get back into busyness, how just um, the enemy just, just dresses up in different things and he doesn't want to be visible. Like that was the enemy's last tactic that night to go for JD. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, just how, how real spiritual warfare is here. Mm. How, how the light can do things. Like I think I told you the story of um, when we first got there in the... Um, we sat with this local pastor and he talked us through like the cultural context we'd be ministering into yeah. um, and he basically said like you need to know this because this is what this means etc etc um, but he said something so profound and he said you may think you're coming here with incredible things to do and words to preach and everything but just know that the gift you're bringing is the gift of presence Brilliant. like the spirit of God inside of you it's not your strategy but it's your spirit that you bring and so we watched, literally watched in those moments as we headed out into streets and villages and churches, local churches that we got to pour into, which was just beautiful. But we got to watch as light poured into those moments as we stepped on the scene. And I think like that whole scripture, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Like the darkness is real, but the light is so much more powerful, so much, has so much more authority when we just show up and step up and like... Like when we walk out our front doors, glory walks into, the, into rooms. Like when we step off planes, glory steps into regions. And I think for the church, like Link Church, wherever you are, for us to wake up to the glory and the presence of the authority we carry as the light. Yeah. Like to light a candle in dark places. What a privilege. Like the power of God and the privilege of us. Brilliant. Yeah. Really, really cool. I was actually going to ask you, what's a practical goal or one thing you want to bring back to your community coming back from? But I'm guessing it's that. It's the courage to... One thing I would say, and just to Link Church, to Dylan Tess, to everyone here, I've, I've actually come back so grateful for this church. Mm-hmm. So grateful for the, the local church. Yep. Um, it was the local church that actually was able to help finance us even yeah. going there. Um, so I never want to discount and be like, it's just missions now. Like, but it's, it's missions and it's the local church. It's all, everything in between. Yeah. Uh, we've got to embrace 
the entirety of what God's actually commissioned us to do. And that's to be on mission. And we can be on mission here in our local community and be also called to the nations. And we should just go for it. Go after it. Because you're going to see God show up in incredible ways when you step out of your comfort zone. Um, But yeah, for me, it's just a gratefulness and thank you to the leadership, to this community for believing in us and letting us go on this incredible trip. But also just to see like what it actually does. It's like incredible what God can do when we just take that step of faith. And it's that whole statement of like, most people think you have to cross oceans, but often it just starts with crossing streets. And if there's anything we felt back here, it's just living like on mission, missionally. Like you can, it's literally all around you. And uh, we we even felt before we even stepped foot in Uganda, we said this was a seed, not just into Uganda, but into our local community, into us as a couple, yes. And thank you, thank you just sincerely to everyone who sowed into us, who prayed for us, who believed into us, because we did uh, see the reward and the harvest of those seeds but but just like what we can see here is just so like what God is doing here is just so beautiful and special and we just want to say yes and amen to it and I love in scripture um the word testimony doesn't mean to say again it means to do again Um, and so I love like the heart of this moment this us telling stories it's literally like just for to say to God like do it again like that prayer in Habakkuk that just says God do it again like how you did in the past like I will say um, unashamedly and, and just authentically that I'm after revival in my generation and I don't feel pride in saying that I long to be a vessel for that purpose because I believe it's the very heart of God I believe it's what he's doing here and I believe it's what he wants to do in this community and so we're just excited to, and we're just saying like God do it again like God do it again as you watch this like God heal again God move again God move in power and spread because it's what he does and it's who he is come on I absolutely love that. And just to say thank you to you guys. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for putting yourselves out there. I think on the back end of those things, we always sit here and go like, what a great idea. But there's some nervy moments traveling with people you don't know, never met, who you're connecting with, foreign country, third world. There's a number of challenges which rationally would talk your way out of those things. But just to you guys, you just standing up, saying yes, and trusting God to do something amazing. And we can see it in you guys, and you brought it back, and you carry it, and I believe it's going to impact and influence our community. Uh, the local church here, and uh, this is the start of the birth of revival in your generation now. So I believe we're going after it. Eh? So, really cool. I'd love it if, just as we wrap up, uh, if you would pray for us. And, uh... You go for it. Okay. Um, so, God, we thank you. We just want to say with grateful, full hearts, we want to say thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for what you will do, Jesus. Uh, We thank you for testimony, God, and we just say do it again. Do it again here. We thank you for your spirit that's falling. We thank you that you have anointed this church and this community and just every heart on the other side of the screen, God. We say your your power, God, your glory, your story. We thank you uh, that these won't just be empty words and empty stories, but your spirit speaking for your glory, Jesus. Would you just ignite something in this community, in our hearts, and in just the the ears of the listeners, God? We thank you that you are stirring something new, that you're doing a new thing, God, that we get to be a part of. Would you awaken our hearts to the privilege, to the power, to the anointing, and the authority, God? And we just thank you, um, God, that you would long to just use us and be with us and walk with us and empower us. What a privilege. What a... What a privilege, God. We just say, fan the flame. When we do not know how, God, fan the flame. Teach us how. Show us your ways. Show us your ways that we may know you, that we may see you, God. 
We thank you for what you're doing and we say yes to it. We thank you for hearts of yes. We thank you that heaven is the reality we get to pull down to earth. So we just say, Jesus, in South Africa as it is in heaven, Jesus. We say in here as it is in heaven, in every heart as it is in heaven. We thank you, God. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus.